Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast. We've been talking about the fivefold ministry gifts. So, Pastor Rod, can you take us uh, through just a quick summary of the fivefold ministry gifts? Sure. These are also called Jesus' resurrection gifts, where okay. it says in Ephesians four that Jesus rose and gave gifts to prepare people for works of service, that the body of Christ may be built up. So, here are the five. In verse, verse eleven, it was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. So in our little memory tool, so not, not a game, but it's like a little game, just, just the five things. The, the prophet's like the pointer, points things okay. out. The evangelist reaches out the furthest. The pastor is like this finger that has the, the wedding ring, so it's like relationships, family. The little finger is like the teacher because it gets in your ear, just a silly joke. But the apostle is the one that touches everything. The apostle can do all five to some extent at different seasons, but essentially also has to be the beginner, the, the mm -hmm. planter. And it says it's the churches are built upon the foundation of Jesus and then mm -hmm. upon the apostles and prophets. So the, ap the, the apostle, uh, which we're going to explain in a minute what it really mm -hmm. means, is, is a, um, an entrepreneurial sort of gift to be able to start things, to see things, start things for God. They're good things. And this gift is very, very important around the world um, in churches too, to start and to see where churches are plateaued and help, help that church find a way in giftings and vision to go back into growth. So it's like a, I can't call it a master gift, but it's a touching, it's a, it's a, um, there's a word there. It, 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 it can morph. It can, it can be used in different ways. Okay. The only true 100% apostle was Jesus. He was sent by the Father to the earth um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes will, in him will not die but have everlasting life. So Jesus is the, is the 10 out of 10 apostle. And then Jesus chose 12 apostles. And then those apostles developed other apostles. So you read in Paul's writings about some other apostles. There was a couple called Andronicus and Junius. Uh, sounds like a husband and wife couple um, there in 1 Corinthians 15, I think. And so there's other apostles. There's Barnabas and there's um, there's others. So the, the apostle group kept growing as there was a need for church planting and overseeing churches. So the word apostle is not really found in the Old Testament. Right, that's what I was going to ask. Seems okay. very New Testament. It's one of the, in the five gifts, it's the most mystical for us because there's no Old Testament precedent, although there is. Mm. Is it's the word just, used, do you know, in the Old the Testament? The word is used in a couple of times in some obscure scriptures in the Old Testament, so, so mm -hmm. obscure that you really can't see a pattern. But when we go to other Greek writings of their day, including Homer, and some of the um, the writers about um, about war and about politics. So not not biblical authors. The word is used, and the word means either ambassador, or mm. commander, or one sent as an envoy with with a sealed letter. So the word was known in the Old Testament. It was a a just a word in in use. Wasn't a, of wasn't spiritual. 
No, it doesn't seem to be spiritual. It seems to be functional. That okay. it was just people sent under orders. People with authority sent under orders on the commission of the governor, the lord, the king, the whoever it was, the household owner, that sent on orders. So the word apostello, which is the, the word apostle, it, it sounds the same, right? Um, it means to be sent, a sent one. An apostle is a sent one, but not just sent, sent under orders of the master, sent out to do a task. So this is the origin of the word. But then the New Testament picks up this word dramatically and uses it 100 times, over 100 right. times in the New Testament, uh, mainly with um, Jesus choosing the, the 12 apostles um, and then the New Testament about Paul saying, I am an apostle of God, chosen by God. And many of his letters like to Romans chapter 1, verse 1, I, Paul, an apostle. So self, self calling himself a sent one. And I think it's really important that we do get back to that original meaning, a sent one, because it doesn't sound so scary or it doesn't sound so important. Now, right. all of God's gifts are important, everyone, but some people take on the title, I'm an, I'm an apostle. And yeah. when someone really is an apostle, you probably would say that's probably true. But if someone's not, you'd say that's pretty confusing. But when we bring it back to the one who was sent to do a great commission for God, then it's not so scary. So in today's world, we don't really use the apostle very much. Some countries do, but our countries yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, we use the generic word pastor. Um, but there are pastors who are apostolic. We're using an adjective. They're an apostolic mm -hmm. pastor. Yeah. We're describing the pastor as someone that has these attributes, able to start, mm -hmm. able to see, able to be sent and do something new. Mm -hmm. And so the, the concept of apostle is, is a pastor who has the ability to touch other areas at different times in their life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 people say to me, you know, I'm an apostle, Rod Plummer is an apostle. I would probably like to deflect that and say, well, that could be true, but I think I have an apostolic gift because we've helped start many, many churches mm -hmm. over our many, many years. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to say we're better or bigger or more important, but I do believe that the gift is true. And I've mm -hmm. seen some people, my good friend Paulos in Indonesia has started over 1,500 churches. I think we could safely say apostle. My yeah. friend in the Philippines, Edgar, has started 500 churches, apostle. Uh, but there are apostles who might might have only started a few churches, but it, it's really stuck and been significant. So that's mm. Old Testament to New Testament. There was a change. Jesus brought, brings the word in and uses it of his 12. And that's why it's so often over 100 times in the New Testament. So even though it seems to be a New Testament kind of concept, uh, would the gift have still have been kind of operating in the Old Testament? I mean, you see, when we describe what it is, you think, oh, yeah. that's kind of like a Moses or a, you know, I mean, he certainly was a prophet as well. But, yeah. uh, you know, like th that that seems that, to still be there. Like it's yeah. within people. I, I Definitely. I, I think we see it with Abraham. We see it with Moses. We see it David. with Joshua. David. So mm -hmm. this gift is seen in the Old Testament. It just doesn't have that word. 
attached yeah, to okay. it. There is another there is another word in the Old Testament which is the word warrior. Um, the Hebrew word warrior or champion. So it says David, you know, the, the Goliath was their champion and then David came out and was Israel's champion. So when you see that word champion, it, it I, don't, I don't want a big note um, the word too much, but it, it's, a, mm. it's a strong leader who was needed at that time. And God raised mm. them up. They've got strengths and weaknesses like everyone else. Mm. Yeah. But that word is used, but it's also used of people not yet warriors, warriors like, um, you know, Gideon in, in Judges yeah. 6 and he's hiding and the Lord comes and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. There's that word. And so I think there was just other words. When you think of the Old Testament, it was written over like 1,200 years or something, or we, we don't really know, but let's say a millennium to 1,000 years. Word use does change slightly. Mm. So I'm not saying that the words are, diff- are wrong or different. I'm just saying some words are very popular at certain times of history. Mm-hmm. You know, like in our English language right now, the word, you know, amazing is so popular. It wasn't mm-hmm. that popular maybe 100 years ago. So the, the word warrior or champion um, towards the end wasn't used as much and gets a New Testament and we get the word, you know, prophet or apostle or teacher. So, so Jesus is picking up more modern Greek words from, from the world from his day. Um, and Paul is doing the same in the Greek world, the, the Roman world. They picked up words to try to describe the concept. So, yeah, I think the answer is there were in the Old Testament. It just wasn't the word mm-hmm. that was used. But, again, yeah. the word was used in Homer, which is a, um, you know, the, the Iliad, I think, he's, or the Odyssey. He's, his writings included the – like he's, that's ancient. That's really ancient writing. And then more modern people, uh, Seneca and, and others who wrote more modern Roman uh, stuff, but they wrote in Greek. And um, they used the word um, apostle, a sent one. They did use it. It was, a, it was an in-use word and people knew it. This is the important thing. In Jesus', in Jesus day, people knew the word, but Jesus yeah. gave it a new uh, use. He he right. he pulls this word and says, "I've got twelve of these. They're young men, and they're going to grow, and they're going to call them apostles right from day one." Which is pretty cool, isn't it? Right from day one, before they were developed, he still called them mm-hmm. apostles because he's going to send them out to do great things. Yeah, when you talk about words, I mean, to me, it's clear that the word like pastor and teacher is very widely used and acceptable. Whereas when you get into the more the evangelist, prophet, apostle, these seem to be a little bit more maybe mysterious or in in some cultures have certain connotations that can make people uh, either, I don't know, maybe they shy away from the the concept. But I think that if we're going to have this discussion around gifting, um, they're all good and one is not better than the other. um, But they're they're all special in their own way and and we want to understand them and and, yeah. and the makeup of these within the people that we're leading and in and within ourselves uh because i feel like some have funny connotations depending on yeah uh maybe your background yeah I, I've, I've um i've seen where, where someone says they're an apostle and tries to take authority over a local church that's not theirs yeah. Think, yeah. well that's 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 no 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 these are to build up the local church 
These are internal. I think every church should have these gifts to some degree operating, no matter what we call the people. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe that those gifts are in, uh, just like Jesus chose 12 young men who weren't, weren't yet proven, but they had something. And I, th- I think definitely an apostle has a starting gift or a startup gift as part of their DNA. Mm-hmm. There's, there's an excitement about new things. But again, um, th- that's where they need others. The, the, the church is built on Jesus Christ as the foundation stone and then on apostles and prophets. So there's got to be a starting. And where it says first on apostles and prophets, I don't think it means like they're the most important. I just think it's chronologically mm-hmm. first. There's, there's right. a startup gift. You, you, because to start a church is one of the hardest things I've ever seen or done. Um, to come in when the church is a certain size and, and see it grow is easier than to start from the beginning. And I'd say the same would be the same in a business or a sports team. Um, when you're starting from scratch, it is hard. Mm-hmm. And and even, you know, Viv and I struggle at that level. We need other people to to help us on the team. We can't do it alone. So an apostle is not a lone ranger. But an apostle sees and is able to organize and get the other giftings operating to work together so there is a growth, uh, which I think is pretty exciting because it's not about being alone. It's about Mm. being a team builder. Well, I think uh, this is a great gift to talk about because you're clearly gifted in this area. Um, and, And I'd love to hear how you got started, how you started and maybe someone identified this kind of thing in you. They may not, may not have said the word apostle, but gave you a shot, gave you an opportunity or something like that. What? Yeah, speak to us. Story time. Oh, I appreciate you saying what you just said. Thank you. But um, I got saved at 19. I was very insecure, but I really believed in the word of God. And one of the first words I ever read, and I felt God speak to me, we call it journaling, where we read something and it feel it, it applies and we take a note. Uh, one of them was in Isaiah uh, 42.6. In fact, I pray this over our pastors when I pray for them. And it's it's in Isaiah 42.6. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I'm going to hold your hand and make you a light for the nations. And I really felt when I read that, that a jumping in my spirit. I, I, was, I was a fireman. I was insecure. And yet that word spoke to me. But I didn't tell other people about it. I didn't go out and say, I'm going to be this. You know, I just kept right. the word in my heart. Um, I just kept it. I, I'd written it down. And I was the young disciple that was probably probably voted most likely not to succeed. You know, like <laughs> um, you couldn't have seen it in me back then. Um, I had to grow dramatically in so many areas. Um, but... I started to see in the church the gifts of, you know, a pastor and teacher and say, I would love to do that. Um, never thinking I was going to go and plant churches at that time. No. So so for me to plant churches now, and as I look back, it wasn't that apparent to me or others, and yet I had a word from God. And just over time, that gift developed. I was more fruitful in both my business world. I became a salesman. Uh, did well at that, and then I, I, I in church I ran a small group and was successful in that. It was it was good, um, and so that's where confidence came in that I actually could do something. Um, and then I, you know, I, I went on mission trips and and saw overseas that I was probably more effective 
in Asia than in Australia, which is pretty wild. But I could see mm-hmm. that. And not every apostle has to be successful outside their hometown. Mm-hmm. But I was. And it really spoke I to me. I felt the same I, thing, just, okay. just personally. It was one of the reasons I wanted to stay in Asia. Yeah. Mm, interesting, eh? And um, just as the more I did, the more it became apparent, that scripture where God says, I'm going to make you um, a covenant to the nations, a, a promise to the nations. Um, and I haven't really used that scripture. You, I don't know if you've heard me say this history, but um, I pray this over our pastors. But this was the scripture I felt God called me. Um, he's going to hold me by the hand. He's called me in righteousness, hold me by the hand, and he's called me to reach people. And it goes on to say a light to the nations and open the eyes of the blind and some incredible ministry stuff there. But the concept of God holding my hand and calling me to the nations was something I couldn't shake. It just was so exciting. I just couldn't believe that God would use me even before it was apparent and um, so I just think it was growing. And then over time, I was asked to be an assistant pastor at, at age 26. And I've been married for a year. I was doing well in my sales. And I was asked to be an assistant pastor because I was good at small groups uh, and missions, those two things. And you had started that small group, right? Along with two other girls with you. Yeah. But you- yeah, that, was, that, that, was, that was years before I was asked to be a pastor. But yeah, sure. that was my... My first time ever ran a small group, um, that's what you're referring to. There was yeah, um, you- a part of Sydney where there's a lot of backpackers and a lot of trouble. And um, I, I, two girls had an apartment there and we met at church and we, we, we lived in the same sort of area. And so let's start a connect group, so a small group. We called them home fellowship back then, <laughs> a bit of history. And um, the, the thing about the three of us is we were very different. I was the, the teacher inspirer one of the girls was in the in the house it was in her in the two girls home one of the girls loved to you know prepare you know little cookies and things like that and make people feel welcome and the third girl was an inviter she was she was a um aspiring actress and she was very dramatic in a good way just out hey come to the connect group and so the three of us made a great startup team it really I had no idea it was, but it was a great startup team. And within a month, we'd got to about 32 people in that area. And a lot of them were from pretty tough backgrounds, but others were from a business background. So we had quite a mix. Mm -hmm. And um, I was threatened. One guy threatened to hit me with his uh, very large um, beer bottle. He came drunk and threatened to hit me. And another girl was um, in the group was... um, quite troubled and she would start barking like a dog in the middle of the the study and I'd have to say excuse me stop that right now please stop barking okay let's move on and um did she stop was, well she got saved filled with the holy spirit it stopped it stopped okay. and she actually became a pastor's wife in a different church later in life it's just incredible wow. story cool but I, I but I didn't have time to to deal with it. I said, please stop, in Jesus' name, stop the barking, right? Let's go on to our study. So, I did. <laughs> um, but, so I, there was no such thing as the, uh, I, there was there was not a deliverance moment, but she was delivered right. um, by herself, journaling. We taught journaling back then too. So just getting, getting free. But this is my first um, small group. So we had to split it into actually three in the end and, mm-hmm. 
some of the business people in there did great in business and some actually became pastors. My very good friend, Michael Murphy, and his uh, now wife, then girlfriend, were in that group. Um, and uh, so uh, some other people were in ministry. It, it, just, it, just, it just took off. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen every time, but I was just in the right place at the right time and God touched it and I was then full of confidence that I could do this again and again and I believed in mm-hmm. small groups. Mm-hmm. So I was employed to be assistant pastor in charge of small groups and missions as my first full-time, full-time pastoral role, still not knowing I'm called to the nations, yet always going to the nations. So, you, And then I started my, we planted our own church um, in, in Brisbane, actually, years later, and, um, and that, that went on to flourish. It. The story goes on and on. It circles, but I'm I'm 63, sure. so I've I've got a lot of circles. I've got a lot of yeah. larger circles. And coming to Japan here, we had a, my wife and I, two little boys, and a team of ten. And most, I think, all those ten have gone now. That they were all champions in that year, and um, but now we've got a lot more, including Hong Kong and what you're doing, and all the leadership there. So it it starts small. And I've had this discussion, even this week with a young pastor, where he said to me, this is getting off the subject of apostle, but he said to me, you know, a lot of his friends are all about titles and and getting, you know, other things. And what would you say to them that, you know, young pastors that just want a title? And um, over the next 30 minutes, we had lunch. And I basically said to him and his wife, you know, it's not about titles because that doesn't last. It's about function. It's about the call. So apostle is just something you've got to have. And for me, it was not developed for many years. I was, as I said, I was voted probably most likely not to succeed. In fact, both, as I got saved, both my surfing buddies as I became a believer in Jesus, they said, oh, you'll never last. And some people in church said, you'll never last. In fact, I never got a prophetic, I never got a prophetic word for years. I did get a negative prophetic word from a visiting preacher. (laughs) And uh, it was that I needed to be clean up my life and all this. And and honestly, my life was cleaned up. I, I honestly was a great young disciple who just cleaned up. So that was a fake word, and I, that could have actually thrown me off board, but I realized that you've got to live your own life and get your own word from God, right? You, mm-hmm. Like prophetic word is supposed to help you, but it's mm-hmm. never supposed to be the only thing to guide you. And so I learned that as a very young age, but I, I wasn't the one getting prophetic words or being brought up the front. I, none of that happened for years. But I had a word from God, and I was growing in my gift every year. And I want to encourage people with that, that you don't always have to be the early star, although some people are, and that's great. I have no problem with that. But I wasn't, and most of our people are not. It's a developmental growth into the fivefold. We're talking about apostle now, but all five. Yeah. You don't wake up one day and you're a great teacher. You've got to develop that. So it is with apostle. You don't wake up one day and you can start things and plant churches and all that. And I think it's the same if you have the apostolic gift in business as a Christian. You, you've got to learn the art of starting a business. 
You've got to learn some stuff. If you've got a father that does it, you're at a great advantage or a relative. But some people have to start from the beginning, right, Richard? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's that's my understanding of the apostolic gift. What what would you say to all that from your your? Yeah, well, what I mean, even knowing, I I know, uh, you know, I've heard some of those stories before, and uh, just even you wanting having that desire to start a group, like you were not handed a group, and I think there's almost a clue there that. There could be something. I'm sure you weren't putting those pieces together at that point, but no. But there is a there's a desire to to, to start something, and you're seeing the opportunity, which is very much yeah. entrepreneurial and the the a, apostles kind of spirit. But yeah, I mean, I I relate to to it too. Um, yeah, I, I yeah I I relate to much of that. I feel like yeah. um, it's great. The, this has always been an exciting. Mm. Uh, the, I guess out of the five to, for me personally, this is something that I, that I always thought, Oh, that's so cool. Like I really want to help start things and I'm not calling myself an apostle, but, but I, I relate to that part of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah well, I, I also- but, but you're helping us oversee our churches in, um, Taiwan, Korea and Bali. And, um, you know, I, I, there, there is a growing gift in that, and and it's exciting, and I, mm. I, I can I can see that, and um and and also in Hong Kong you had a small church when you went there, and it took a lot of guts to to grow that church really, mm. and um but you had a promise, you had a word, you knew it was gonna you knew it was gonna grow. So and yeah. and also I, as a young person like twenty two twenty three. When I came into the church, I saw I saw what what you were doing, and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I, I think right. that's another thing is that yeah, that there's a connection yeah. there. That's oh, exciting to see you growing people. and others growing because I I do think there is something there's something about being under a leader that has a gift that that will actually be imparted. Mm-hmm. Um, I like talking about this actually. I, I, I people talk about the double blessing. What's the double blessing? Well, Elijah. Got a double bless, gave a double blessing to Elisha. But that, to me, a double blessing is when you have your own gift and call, but then you get a free gift from the the leader over you. And so there's been bits and pieces of my many many years under great leaders where I I, I definitely have impart been imparted to parts. So I do believe our movement is an apostolic movement, and it's going to flow on a lot of people. Uh, as well as their own natural gift, there's going to be an an added gift, a double a double anointing. Mm-hmm. So, just want to encourage some people with that as well. That mm-hmm. um, you being in, under great leadership, you will you'll see it and you'll feel mm-hmm. it, and you'll be part of a flow that God will use. So, I did get a really good prophetic word about being apostolic um, as a young pastor. Though a pastor from England came and pointed me out, spoke to me and said, you're going to be like Isaac, who in, again, Genesis 24, 26, whatever, he planted wells. He was a well digger. He said, you're going to be a well digger. Wherever you dig, there's going to be water for people. And it really it really resonated as, as a true prophetic word to add to what God had said to me. There was that word. And I, I still remember it to this day. It was a really, and I realized that prophetic word can be beautiful, simple, just, just pictorial, and uh, it was like that. So it was like God confirmed that. 
although I didn't need it, but it was certainly nice. It was certainly nice to think about that that is what God, the way God sees me, and um, I've been able to plant many wells over the years. So um, I just wanted to say that I'm not against prophetic word. In fact, next week we're going to talk about the prophet. We're going to talk about New Testament prophecy as opposed to Old Testament prophecy. It's going to be really exciting. Mm. And and to just bounce off one of your previous points, uh, we talked about the double anointing. Like that has been my experience as well. Like not just, right. you know, the theory. It's it's it, I feel that that has yeah. been my story of the last mm. 15 years is uh, the, the anointing that's on you and, and, and Lifehouse uh, rubbing off on, on me and yeah. my leadership as we're planted in, in the church. So I, the, the context of these gifts, do you, do you think they all flourish within a local church? Is that, do you feel like that's the yeah. context or can it yeah, go beyond that? Or Yeah. Well, again, they're resurrection gifts. There's mm-hmm. seeds of them in all of us already, but they're resurrection gifts sprayed over us by, by Jesus that when we start doing them in the local church, people start developing. We feel excited, happy, we're fruitful. People start growing in the local church. I just think it's the, the most natural, normal place for it to, to happen. Mm-hmm. I believe in the, I've always believed in the local church. In fact, I've seen, I've seen people with apostolic ministry but without local church backing. And what they did was pretty amazing. But when they left, it fell down. And I mm-hmm. think that that's why we need a, a movement, a group. Um, something, you know, we've got to belong in something because not everyone can stay, but we must build for the local church wherever we are. And um, there, there's, there's, there's a security and strength and longevity in the local church. Um, I think people can come from without our local church to to bless us, but I do believe the gift is in the local church to do the building. Um, I really do. It's, it's already there, and mm-hmm. so. But I do think some people struggle in this area, and maybe that they, they, they should belong to a group that has that gift over it, and it, they, they might uh, find more strength and fruitfulness over time being part of a bigger group. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do we? How do we help this gift flourish in people that we oversee or maybe say a young person? Yeah. Who, well, yeah. again, it comes back to our, our leadership loop. We Once we have an agreement, a cultural agreement on, on the Bible, on you know what Jesus taught and then on our church style, the next thing is opportunity. And I, I don't think you're going to see this until you see opportunity either in the workplace or in the church. And so in the church, we're giving opportunities for leadership for people to not just be a, a team member, but now a team leader, not just be in the connect group, but lead a connect group or lead a group of connect groups um, and see the fruitfulness, see people's gift. And again, in our team, both here and there, I'm sure, there was seasons where people were not that productive and fruitfulness, fruitful in that area. And then all of a sudden, one day, there was a shift now, I believe they always had the gift, but somehow it kicked in. So I'm a great believer in that too, watching and observing and helping people understand what gifts they have, which again is talking about the prophetic gift, which we'll talk about next week. But I do think that um, there can be moments of increase or moments of release of this gift that if you talk to that person later, later though, probably they would say there was something of that in their heart, similar to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't apparent, 
but there was something in the heart. I would love to do that. And it just, it just, it just came out with opportunity, timing, anointing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Training. It just, it just flourished under another leader. And I don't know how this could work without opportunity. Like, I don't think you can develop this in a classroom context or just through teaching, absorbing teaching. It, it's, it seems like we've called this tight, the title of this, uh, this episode, like, what does the apostle do? Yeah. And it's, it, it seems that the doing is crucial yeah. in helping d- d- others to develop this, this gift yeah. that we need to yeah. let them do. Yeah. And, and what the, the apostle must do is grow, grow in their own strength, anointing, gift, ability to train and release other people at a higher and higher level. So what must the apostle do? Must be doing the work, which should be fruitful, but learning and growing from other apostles, from the word of God, from prayer, journaling, be committed to their, to their craft or to their gift. Be committed to it because I believe we can, can grow and then develop many, many more leaders out of that. And as I said at the beginning, the apostle touches all the others at some point. So there is a flexibility to 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 do the work of a evangelist or a teacher or a um, pastor or a um, a prophet. I, I do think there is that ability, growing ability in the ap- apostle to be able to touch other er- other areas as well. So it's growing. Be the best you can be in Jesus Christ. And it seems like also if if the apostle can kind of touch all those areas that probably he's going to be, or he or she is going to be developing people that are better at those areas yeah. than, than he is. Cause his, yeah. it's not his strong gifting. Yeah. Um, That's unless right. he's got two giftings, you know, some, yeah, you know, you're an, you're an apostle. We've teacher, all got strengths really. and weaknesses in the five in, in, uh, mm-hmm. again, Jesus has 10 out of 10 for them all. He is, he is mm-hmm. our hero, our, our model. So each one of us has strengths and weaknesses. You're right. Um, so yeah, just give up your weakness as soon as possible. When you see someone else with that strength, give it to them, train them and release them into their gift. So I don't have to do that so much um, because I'm not as good as them. They're, they're flourishing and growing in that. Let, let them go. Mm-hmm. How would you know if you have this gift? <laughs> Well, I guess I have to talk about my own story. One is it's exciting to think about. Okay. It's exciting. It might be scary, but it's exciting. There's there's the could I? Is it possible? There's that there's that concept. And then when you actually give an opportunity and over time seeing the growth in it, realizing, hey, I, I actually do have giftings in this area, recognizing that and then trying to develop it, be under leaders that can for me, I I, I was under great small group leaders before I started my small group and then I was still under great leaders all the time. But I'm learning and growing and observing and watching and thinking, oh, okay, so there's got to be that that learner's heart. The word learner is the word disciple. There's got to be that disciple's heart. So that's how you grow in it, the, the inkling, the word of God, the excitement, watching others. I want to do that. I want to grow in that. And then doing it, increasing fruitfulness, being part of a band where there's a band of brothers or sisters where there's feedback and growing in it and talking about it and where I can learn and grow. It's going to take time. It's going to take testing, but we're moving upwards and onwards over time. Great. Well, is there any kind of final comments around this gift or 
Anything you'd like to say? Um, be excited. I think it's more common than we think. That's my last okay. word. I think it, because yeah. it's one of five, it has to be, I wouldn't say 20% of the gifting, but it has to be high level mm-hmm. for it to be listed as the first gift uh, in terms yeah. of chronology, in terms of timing. It's got to be there to start up. We need church planters. We need people to start things all the time. I think mm-hmm. it's more common than we think. Yeah, And I also want to say thanks, something before we finish. There's a scripture in the New Testament where there's a woman who's a, an apostle too. And that's in uh, Romans 16, 7. It says, Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who have been in person with me. They are outstanding among the apostles. And they were in Christ before I was. Many people think this is a husband and wife couple. Um, but I think it's also, we haven't talked about women, but I believe women have this gifting as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, to, again, to be in an apostolic band or church or group is the safest for all of us. Um, but there is this is more widespread than we think. And um, if, if it's in people's hearts right now, pray about it. And remember, it's not about the title. It's about doing it. It's really exciting. Yeah, you're right. If it's only... If there's only five of these gifts, then surely it's not just one percent of people that, no. that have this gift. And and I've certainly met some some like uh, stay at home mums who have a gift for getting something started in the church or a, a play group or something like yeah. this. And you can, yeah, I I just think that the word apostle probably scares people off a little bit or yeah. is very misunderstood. So yeah, yeah. it's a great, great gift. Awesome. Well, let's. Yeah. Let's pray before we finish, mm-hmm. Richard. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, please. Lord, I pray that we could people with this gift would it would it would um spark, would light up, even in inception form, there'd be an awakening and a, a, a uh, an excitement. And I pray others would also understand how it fits in. It's not weird and strange, this weird thing called an apostle. It's a very normal, wonderful gift in our midst. Mm. And uh, we'd see these developing in all of our churches in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Pastor Rod. And join us for the next episode where we look at the next ministry gift. See you there. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.